you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. The Around the NFL podcast is a spicy meatball. It's a spicy meatball. Oh, from the Chris Wessling podcast studio. It's Around the NFL I'm Dan Hansis. Got some heroes with me. Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler. All right. Good job, NFL. I see I see you. I see what you're doing. You're trying to clear the decks. Nothing to see here. Mm. Drop some news on Monday, although we know that story is not over yet around Deshaun Watson. Now let's throw out the next wave, the, the, the second worst story of the offseason. Let's try to like get that off the table uh, ahead of the Hall of Fame game. The effort's there, Greg. you got to give them credit for the effort being there. Well, and I appreciate the way they structured it so we could get the mini-sode out Monday, kind of clear our decks mm-hmm. here, but also gave us a nice meaty topic uh, to start this show with. So well, you, maybe they're, they're planning it around us. Thank you, League. There was, there was a... a uh, there were several funny moments uh, leading up today today's taping. Um, one of them was when Mark realized in real time that we were actually doing an extra show this week, that the Monday show wasn't replacing one of the oh. initially scheduled shows. I did not shows, think it was replacing. And you could actually see the lights go out <laughs> behind the eyes. But not now true. it looks like you've recovered now. Well, no. So, you know, we we decide typically a day before what we're going to do with our segment outside of the news part of the show. And... We all put. Oh, you talk meatballs. Now we're talking how the sausage gets made. We all all put our certain um, personal stamp, and we prepare in our own ways for it. And this was, which will come later in the week, (laughs) but it was a quite involved um, segment that took a lot of imagination, and and I thought, you know, personal. Why are you keeping it a secret? Well, it's it's team slogans, and I spent like three hours coming up with a variety of team slogans. We're going to do it Wednesday. We're going to do it Wednesday. I found out four minutes before when we were going to tape an hour ago Mm -hmm. that we're switching gears, and so it was suddenly you know that's why I felt a little um, agitated. Yeah, we all were dealing with it at the same time. We all found out that we had to switch the schedule and. uh, some handled it uh, more gracefully than others, but here we I mean, are. I didn't have a meltdown or anything. I don't even. I didn't even say anything. No, no meltdown. For the most part. No meltdown. I was All just right. saying well, there I'm was. I'm that there... annoyed by it. Yeah. Okay. See, 
I was just, I'm no. just saying there was a a lot of concern on your part. It's not the way the I would like nature of things. Yeah. Pre-show energy. You're, and, you're a prep yeah. guy. You're a yes. big time prep guy. Yes. To your point, though, it's big Raj week. It it does feel like a big Raj week because. Frankly, this story, and we can get into it, you know, in a minute. But like, it's been so off the radar. I didn't necessarily believe he was going to drop the hammer as much as he did, which I, I think was a, a pleasant surprise. Uh, and then he still got this three-day period, which is now down to two, to decide on Watson. And I, I really think it's like his chance uh, to be a hero, to like make a, to do something that his employees and the fans of the NFL, I think for the most part, will really appreciate. And You're referring to Watson I'm t- specifically. I'm saying now, Watson yeah. in terms of appealing that suspension. So I think those two things in a row uh, would be a very positive week for Roger Goodell in a way that his discipline decisions in the past have often not been. And, you know, And I, I, it's a rare chance to go be a hero. So go be a hero, Raj. And I, I'll also add, and yes, we're about to get into it, there is a neatness to the resolution of this Dolphins saga that – Almost feels it, it. It feels very Con- convenient. convenient. He did get uh, the, the way uh, this to was be resolved. Fair, he's gotten some criticism about this one. This too. one's buttoned up pretty tight. So we're gonna get into that. We're gonna also have some uh, yes, Connor Orr team slogans. We're gonna push to tomorrow. Uh, later today, Mark is okay. He's I with am us. absolutely excited about what's occurring. Uh, we're gonna hit some training camp whispers. Instead, to get you caught up on what's going on in camps, training camps are obviously well underway now. And we're going to – what's kind of jumping out to us that's interesting? But first, yes, let's get to the news. The way that the Dolphins simply pretended the rules did not exist um, is mind-boggling. <laughs> what if Ian gets an email or a text from – Someone upstairs, like can we, you know, the editorializing. You know, we don't like that from you. Too much, I agree yeah. with him, but <laughs> yeah. I, I was, I, I liked it. That, Graver, it, it took him back enough that he cut it. Uh, but it is, it, it, it is when the investigation of the Miami Dolphins is all said and done, the things that Brian Flores brought to light, so much of it, turned out to be absolutely true, and what's, uh, or maybe all of it. Uh, so let's get into it here. The NFL announced Tuesday that the Miami Dolphins will forfeit their 2023 first-round pick and 2024 third-round pick, while team owner Stephen Ross has been suspended through October 17th following an investigation into whether the organization violated league policies pertaining to the integrity of the game. This investigation was led by uh, former U.S. attorney and SEC chairperson Mary Jo White. Lasted six months. Focused on two areas, and yes, there was tampering that involved Tom Brady and Sean Payton numerous times, uh, but also notable here, Mark, uh, the league found, or the investigation found, that the Brian Flores allegations of tanking and getting paid money, uh, the head coach, to lose games uh, a few seasons back, was something that was done in jest or not in a serious manner, so there was no discipline in that department, which is very notable here. But otherwise, the Dolphins got banged. They did, and that animal probably is annoyed by it, but I I think that, to Greg's point, Roger Goodell did the right thing here, and it was a severe punishment. Ross is also being fined $1.5 million, which is probably like three dimes falling out of Bucket. his pocket. I don't know what it. Um, I'm not. I don't know what an owner not being allowed to be around the team until October. That feels sort of like a hollow punishment to me. But the Dolphins, um, they, you know, they, they, the Deshaun Watson 
scenario was called egregious, and that was a correct word for it. This is egregious. You've not seen a team do this. They, they tampered with Tom Brady after the 2019 season, after when last he was a season. Patriot. When he was a Patriot. And now if you think about it, because one big thing facing the Dolphins in general, they lose a first-round pick and a third-round pick. This one, they have two first-round picks going into the next draft, but they lose one of those. This was the season where they were going to evaluate Tua and maybe decide, mm. do we have the ammunition to go get his replacement if we want to move up and down the draft? Your pursuit of Tom Brady multiple times and of Sean Payton potentially strips your ability to control the draft and get the better quarterback down the road. Right, because they still have an extra draft pick. They, they had a couple. Uh, now they lose one. It's a serious punishment, and the wording that the NFL used – uh, in terms of the way that they tampered, that it was unprecedented in scope, uh, was really saying something. Now, I, I was thinking, like, the the reporting that Ben Volin did uh, about this uh, story uh, in the Boston Globe sort of felt slept under the radar, and Florio backed it up uh, as well back in April uh, that they were trying to get Tom Brady to potentially become an owner and maybe eventually slash player. And he is a free agent after this off season. So I don't think it's that crazy to think like if he wants to keep playing, he might not be on the bucks next year. And the dolphins were a pretty logical place considering he's had these two conversations. Uh, I don't foresee that happening now just because uh, it would look so bad. But uh, if he is on the dolphins, he just lost, you know, uh, his own uh, first round pick for next year. Not going to be as good a team He's gonna, if he wants to be a little bit of an owner there. Yeah, and Stephen Ross said in a statement, and Greg, uh, you mentioned this, and it was just kind of funny, like the spin of it all. Uh, Ross's statement, the independent investigation cleared our organization on any issues related to tanking and all of Brian Flores' other allegations. As I've said all along, these allegations were false, malicious, and defamatory, and this issue is now put to rest. As... as is this the statement what? that they were supposed to put out if the decision was the other decision where they were cleared of all wrongdoing? I'm missing something there. It's an absurd statement from a multi-billionaire. I mean, so. it, it, it is. We've seen this in in politics, but Oligarch also alert. in in life that like <laughs> you can just create your own reality and just say what you want, and at least there'll be a segment of people that might listen to it because Flores's allegations about the tampering led directly to them losing these picks. And how he phrased that it turned down uh, the, the tanking, that they didn't find them guilty. I do want to kind of point out how that's that's misleading to say it that way. The investigation concluded, concluded they did not intentionally lose games. But it also concluded that many times the owner expressed that he prioritized their draft position versus win-loss record. And that was to their team president. It was to their GM. It was to Coach Flores, who at the time uh, let people know that he was not okay with this in writing. That multiple times he said, look, the draft pick's more important than winning. He said that to the coach. They also confirmed that he said the $100,000 line to Flores about losing games, and they brush it off as a joke. Like... That's where it says this feels a little neat. That's yes. where it comes in. And yes. maybe that is true. And they confirmed that. Yeah. Like that's in there that, that he was prioritizing right. the draft. Maybe picks the over investigation 
turned over enough rocks where they felt that there really wasn't a serious offer to pay money for losses. Because the other stuff, let's just be honest, let's be uh, you know grown-ups here, stuff happens all the time in the league now. And not just the NFL, all but across here, professional he, sports. I hear you, but like when you hear something from your boss, sometimes they don't need to exactly say what they want for you to make it clear what they want. And if you have an owner of a football team letting the coach know that winning is not our goal here this year, I think that that is a problem. That's no. problematic. That is punishable. Maybe to it's me. a little more surfacey than in other organizations. But again, we don't. We're not privy to what's going on uh, in other organizations like the Browns when they were in their tank or any other number of teams you could point out. I also think it's important to bring up uh, what Brian Flores had to say in his statement after this came out because obviously he is a central figure in all of this. I am thankful that the NFL's investigator found my factual allegations against Stephen Ross are true. At the same time, I am disappointed to learn that the investigator minimized Mr. Ross's offers and pressure to tank games, especially when I wrote and submitted a letter at the time to Dolphins executives documenting my serious concerns regarding this subject at the time, which the investigator has in her possession. Then he goes on to add that, Mr. Ross will avoid any meaningful consequence. Um, and that's true because the the fine, listen, a million dollars or whatever is a lot to anyone, but maybe not so much to oligarchs as we're talking about. And also his suspension, October 17th. What, that doesn't we're gonna mean We're going to blink and it's going to be that, October it, 17th. It doesn't mean uh, that's, anything. We, we just did a segment about October 4th, Mark. That's the end of week four. So week six, he's back. He's barred from league meetings and things of that nature for the season or the year or whatever. But otherwise, this is any, this is not something that's going to throw the, his ownership too far off course. I The more that we learn about this and the more that you dig into the investigation, I just don't think they went far enough. I, I, I mm. think the tanking thing, uh, it, they you're right. They made it too neat because – when an owner, it, it doesn't have to even be put in writing. You're creating an environment. And that's what, that's what Stephen Ross did. He created an environment where it was very clear, I think, to people about what the tanking thing meant. Remember, we called it the fish tank because there were multiple reports from the Miami Herald that talked about the fact that this was what the Dolphins were doing. And they're not the only team in that league. The Browns have done this. We can look at a team like the Bears that are moving pieces left and right for picks to rebuild, essentially. It's, a, it's what you do in sports. You rebuild. The Dolphins did it more severely, and they were let off the hook on this one. My Well, that's a great point, Mark. Mm, was, totally agree. You know, it it really was. Was all right. It really was. It was good. just. It was also said with a lot of confidence, and I think that's what Justin was. Yeah, it was. Sure. It was coming. Yeah. It came across. Sure. I I hear what Flores is saying, and that's why I'm torn on this. Because initially, I, my expectations are so low. I'm like, okay, they, a first and uh, a third. That's that's a significant punishment that they did anything and really called them out. It is embarrassing. I think Stephen Ross has had uh, a lot of um, bad moments as. Dolphins owner, a lot of rough times, a lot of criticism uh, coming his way. But like Dan Snyder, uh, to be suspended, it certainly is embarrassing and is is a black mark on your record. On the other hand, I totally agree with Brian Flores that ultimately, in the long run, it's not going to hurt Stephen Ross that much. It'll hurt his football team, certainly with the draft picks. You know, it was the same. You know, they 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 took a first rounder away from the Patriots for Deflate Gate. Still, if you look back on that, they took a a second and a third for Bounty Gate back in the day. So it's very it's a little confusing to figure out where when punishment is coming down. They could have gone even bigger on it. And I I appreciated that Flores um, found the integrity of the game part of his complaints and lawsuits so important because ultimately 
his lawsuit in the order that they, he presented it prioritized the, the racial component and what is happening in terms of firing and hiring black coaches in the league. And I, and I think that's what he led with, and that was important. But he also wanted to take out his former boss's kneecaps with its tampering stuff and the Brady stuff. And he absolutely did that on the way out the building. He hurt his former boss in a very meaningful way. And that's why the the way that he put out that lawsuit and the statements way back when this first started was very calculated and I think ultimately very effective. Mm -hmm. Don't mess with Brian Flores. Um, All right. That's that. They should give that pick to the Pats, you know, maybe. I don't Pats think so. Pats and Bucks, because I think these, you know, these are two organizations that they haven't had enough success. That's where your argument falls off. The you know, that's team. who they were messing with. They were messing with the Pats, you know. Mm, I don't know. Dude. You kicked Tom Brady out the door, so. And nothing happens to Tom Brady or Sean Payton in this, by the way. Is the, do we put any? Yeah, this right. The, it's kind of sleeping on bad. a little the bit. The Saints are the team uh, that should also get a pick, the, I guess. Yeah. Uh, oh, another <laughs> team that you adore. Um, <laughs> Tom Brady, the Tom Brady-ness of all this, which makes it even more fascinating story. Do, do we let him off the hook? I guess he's just a player. But he was potentially in he the conversation. Meet. He was Literally looking met. to get into the front office, or that was kind of the pitch. So if his potential down-the-line ownership or front office position begins with being involved in this nefarious malarkey, I guess I'm really excited, I have to say, for the Tom Brady ownership experience. I mean, at least he didn't destroy a cell phone this time around. Right. It'll be like the Derek Jeter, you know, ownership experience in Florida. Well, we don't need to. We don't need or the to Gloria take shots Stephan. at the captain like that. Um, it's funny because Brady literally could have been trying to get to the Dolphins this offseason if Flores didn't drop this in the time that he did. If you look at the timing, that's sort of when, when he backed off the whole Dolphins idea. It's wild. Wild. All right. Let's move on. Let's get caught up with other NFL news. This went down on Monday. Debo Samuel and the 49ers. All good. Everything's fine. The two sides have agreed on a three-year contract extension worth up to $73.5 million with $58.1 million guaranteed. The Niners officially announced the extension after Rapsheet reported it on Sunday. John Lynch said they are overjoyed to have Debo Samuel, and they should be because he's that important to their offense. Once again, Mark, I feel like we're a little used. Like We were part of this whole saga that was mm. ultimately uh, Samuel was never looking to go anywhere. He never really wanted to be traded. He just wanted his money, and he got it, and we helped it by making it a bigger <laughs> story, by inflaming tension, just by talking about it and acting as if he could be traded on draft weekend and all that. You're shaking well, your there, head, Greg. Do you disagree? There was a lot of malarkey going on with wide receivers. I'm reading, I'm reading an article here where Michael Irvin, our, our co-host, our colleague. Friend. I can say. Well, I've never spoken with him. <laughs> he did come into the newsroom that one time. And that Wait, we saw him at the draft like about eight, nine years ago in New York in the after hours bar. And Mike was feeling no pain, belly up against the bar. Could not have been nicer to okay. us and I, our friends. And that happened this draft in Las Vegas, too, when there was an after party. Yes. And I went up and actually, I don't, I didn't, he didn't intend this, but there was a group of three of us talking and Michael Irvin was telling a very animated story and in a fatherly fashion put his hand on my shoulder what at a one moment. point to make, I, so I do think that I have a real friendship imagine, with him to some degree. Imagine fatherly. I mean, you guys I mean, are pretty close in age. <laughs> I know, but he's no. also like, he, he's a gigantic human being. And also so with it, Irvin, and I, the same, we were all in that um, post-draft 
draft in Vegas in that same bar area. And it was in the there was like a hallway with where the casino was. And he's Michael Irvin. You know, everyone's looking at him. And yeah. it is interesting, and I give credit to Mike, our friend, that he's still like that same gregarious, fun dude when he lives his entire life in a fishbowl. Anyway, we're off. I, I think he lives his truth in a way, and it lives. He is who he is in a way that we should all aspire to. Should we try to get him on the show? I yeah, mean, we literally are colleagues. Would, uh, yeah. why, why try? He, actually, he would say yes in a second. Graver, why isn't Michael Irvin on the show? Right, Long term, <laughs> short term goal here. Let's get Irvin on. You Graver, got it. Graver. That draft party was so fun that you guys were at while I was in the hotel room editing the podcast. <laughs> Loved it, grinder. You're not there yet, Justin. One day you can <laughs> you could push that off on someone. And watch out, by the way. Sean Kelly stepped up in a big spot for our Deshaun Watson emergency podcast. Didn't skip a beat. So let's keep let's keep our eye on the prize. I guess is what I'm saying. That's I'm cool. proud of Sean. I'm glad he did a good job. He did an excellent job communicating before and yeah. after the show. Your regular Baker Mayfield, like loudly cheering on long completions by Sam Darnold right now. <laughs> <laughs> your... Michael Irvin was on ninety five point seven. The game in San Francisco. And okay. he said he he said he really wanted to be moved. He spoke to him at the time. He was emotional. He wanted to get out of there. I do think that that was the difference between his situation and every other wide receiver this offseason is that at that time he was truly upset. And, and that's why I give John Lynch and Kyle Shannon some credit. Never make this thing public. They didn't say a word about all this other than just that they love Debo Samuel and they want to work it out. They just, they didn't, they were not interested. And you're right, Dan. I don't think a trade was ever going to happen because they want Debo Samuel so much. They just let it calm down. Like his- and then they gave out the money. And the fact that this AJ Brown and McLaurin and DK, they all basically signed the exact same contract. Right. There's, there's little differences here in there. And I want to get into one of them with Debo, but, but that made it easier and they played it perfectly. I'd also note that the, the contract does not have language, according to Kyle Shanahan, about his role, which was a big sticking point. Or in, was it? Um, it kind of, well, it depends. They have an incentive. They, they, you can make, uh, if you're Debo Samuel, an extra, I think it was $600 plus $1,000 if he gets 380 yards rushing. Now, that's an incentive. But it doesn't prohibit, though. That that was one concern. Right. So, it, so that, if that's anything, a good it, win for the Niners. Right. It gives him an incentive to do it. It says that he was on board with that. And he gets another 100 plus 1000 on top of that if he has three rushing touchdowns. So it's sort of in the mix that, like, hey, we're not going to totally back that off That would on probably that. be... What do I know? But unprecedented if in the contract it says you can't use him in certain ways on the in terms of um, strategy, you know, on the field. Right. I don't know if that yeah. exists, but he also needs to watch four do. hours of film per week, right. according to the. I guess, the I guess my point is like that like you say that the 49ers handled it really well. And we we all thought like the Cardinals and and the agent for Kyler Murray didn't handle it so well. But at the end of the day, like money talks. Right. And we're just along for the ride. Right. But in in some cases, and, and A.J. Brown pointed this out on Twitter, like the organization doesn't want to pay the money. And I think he rightly, to all the Titans fans or anyone else that was trying to put any blame on him, was like, look, we look, we, got, we all got the same contract. All right. The Eagles were ready to pay it. The Titans didn't want to pay it. They're the ones that got rid of me. This? In the future, because we're always looking to be, how can we be a better, smarter podcast? Next offseason, <laughs> should we be targeting the types of players that are maybe below that Debo Samuel, Kyler Murray line, you know, and we're like, all right, this one is worth kind of tracking more closely mm-hmm. because the team might be making a football related decision. But when it's a superstar player and that's what Debo Samuel is, you know what I'm saying? 
right? I don't think that I we do, did a terrible yeah, job with Brown, this one. Brown, got, Brown did get moved, and that was surprising. You know what I mean? True. So it's like one out of four. Uh, we do this a lot, though. I feel like at the end of every offseason, we always are like, well, we're not going to get caught in uh, whatever's <laughs> happening next offseason. Then you get back to next offseason. You know, you get to February, and it's like, oh, shoot, we have three hours of content to fill. Right. Like, what Hypocrites, are we going to talk about? Idiots. Really? What, yeah, what are you going to talk about? You're going to talk about football stories. Nothing will no change. We will, we'll, we'll dig yeah, right can't... in again on this top similar topic a year from now. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that saying? with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Bad news for the Cowboys. James Washington, who was one of the guys that was supposed to step in for that sudden, in that suddenly thin wide receiver group, uh, he's been diagnosed with a broken foot. He's out for six to ten weeks, and I don't need to tell you that a foot injury for a wide receiver – um, you don't know when he comes back, if he'll be the same guy, and it might be next July. Man, I never felt myself, but now I'm, I'm better than ever. Also, Van Jefferson, the Rams wide receiver, another important uh, piece uh, in a wide receiver room. This for the defending champs. He'll undergo knee surgery this week. He's uncertain for week one. Um, also, Broncos wide receiver Tim Patrick carted off with an apparent knee injury mm. at practice today. This happened uh, so hopefully that's not too serious. He seemed to be a guy, Greg, who could step up in that offense with Russell Wilson and take 
uh, the next step in his career. Yeah, he he was maybe their best receiver last year. Making the leap candidate even. Absolutely. Um, and hit where he wins matches up well with where Russell Wilson wins, you know, deep and on the outside, certainly. But I think, you know, putting these three stories together, and this is why, you know, Dan's the host with the host oh. here. Oh, that's very <laughs> nice. Um, it's like it, it presents a contrast. Two of these teams have incredible wide receiver depth here. It's like the Rams, yeah, that third receiver slot looks pretty grisly. A lot of questions here now, but they still have Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson. Uh, the Broncos still have Jerry Judy and Cortland mm-hmm. Sutton and Hamler, and they're good. Whereas the Cowboys have Michael Gallup coming off uh, a torn ACL, might not be ready for the start of the season. I never was that high on James Washington to begin with. Right. I, I feel like if you can't succeed in Pittsburgh, I know Ben was there, but like that usually receivers find a way to succeed there, and he really didn't. Um, you have Gallup coming off the injury. You have CeeDee Lamb, but, man, you really don't have anything else at wideout beyond that. I think it makes the Amari Cooper trade, which was, you know, at the at the outset when it happened, they got very little for Amari Cooper. That just looks worse for the Cowboys right now. There's no depth there. Mm-hmm. You're probably J- right Jalen Tolbert, their rookie, is a third-round pick. Cowboys are going to say, look, he's stepping right in. Okay, like, that'd be great. He's a third-round pick who's supposed to play mostly in the slot, and I hope he's great. But if you're counting on a third-round pick before ever seeing him as your, like, hard number two to start the year, mm-hmm. that that's a And also with Amari Cooper, because now it looks especially bad. But if for whatever reason they weren't really into the Amari Cooper experience anymore, all right, go ahead, trade him away. But then the mistake is you don't really – you're not aggressively right. looking for someone you could count on to slide in. Count on like someone like – I have an announcement to make because I'm so sick of this. Wait. I have an announcement to make. Okay. All right. The Cowboys. I have an announcement, Graver. Have to sign Will Fuller. And oh, I, that the was announcement not where is, I thought you were going. The announcement is I am now Will Fuller's agent. He is not aware of this, but I am actively now representing Will Fuller because whoever his agent is, is not doing the job. He is a perfect flyer guy, if he's healthy and of right mind, to slide into Dallas with that quarterback and that offense and make a spot. There is reporting out there that a number number of teams are into Will Fuller, but waiting a little bit to pick him up. Don't wait, because then somebody else picks him up. He's being monitored. What does that even mean? I saw that too. That's his his agent right, feeling the, agent, the heat yeah. from Hansis. His former agent. <laughs> right. He's feeling the heat from Hansis. Like, I got to get something out there. He calls up uh, Aaron Monitoring. Wilson, my former colleague at Pro Football oh, Talk. There you go. Now um, Pro Football Network. Uh, saying, I, okay, that makes sense, but I'm going to top you here. They got $20 million in cap space. Uh-huh. They got more than, I think, every team in the league other than the Browns. Uh, Odell Beckham. Dallas Cowboy, it just makes yeah. too much sense. GC, GC, someone call. should oh, like whatever the going rate for OBJ is, just overspend and make it a three-year deal and see what happens. How about this? Well, Sean McVay mentioned Odell Beckham again, right? The, Ram- the Rams he's not going to be available till November. I get say. it. The Rams are confident that they're going to be able to bring him back, but money talks. If if the Cowboys are like, hey, come come rehab with us, we're not. We know you won't be back till October or November. That, but right. but that, that toys with the Odell Beckham painting on the wall here, where he's now in a Rams uniform, and the two-hour time limit the man has to right, paint the painter. Um, behind Cam Akers stole. Uh, sorry, Cam Akers yeah. stole Odell's number. Cam Akers changed his number to number three. So if Odell does come back to the Rams, he has to switch numbers. Oh, super awkward. I love it. Behind CD Lamb mm. right now, Noah Brown, Jalen Tolbert, Simi Fehako. Uh, how about we sign both? How about we bring Odell and Will Fuller in? Now, as Will Fuller's agent. Yes, that's um, me. Will Fuller's agent. Like, is he 
in the right place mentally and physically because, you know, there was some high hope. He did get paid, I believe, about $11 million from the Dolphins last year. And between injuries, there was Uh a suspension problem. He hasn't uh, necessarily been uh, available. Okay, two things you need to know. He's in the best shape of his life, one. Two, uh, last year was humbling for him. But mentally, he feels that was a clear the decks type year, and he feels like he's never been more passionate about the sport and wanting to make an impact while he still you're can a, in his prime. You're a natural Sold. in this role. Sold. Where, where do I sign? All right. Uh, real quick, before we go to break, let's hit a couple more things. Orlando Brown, the tackle for the Chiefs, re- will report to training camp. He's there now. Uh, as Kansas of City, today. He's there. Uh, he was upset about playing under the franchise tag. He wants that huge new contract. Mark is telling him how much he should make. Mark says, take the $190 million or $90 million, whatever it was. And I'm saying, go get your worth, Orlando Brown. Again, I'm an agent, so I'm coming from the player deserves what he's worth. We should get Orlando on, maybe in person yeah. for them to talk. I will back talk. off that because what Orlando Brown <laughs> specified while well, after returning to Kansas City, was there weren't enough guarantees in that contract for him. So that's why he, he turned it Good. down. Orlando Brown is listed at 6'8 and 344 pounds. So I think that would be a good conversation in person for you and him to have. Absolutely. and Sounds uh, perilous. <laughs> finally, Ryan Kerrigan. Happy trails. We saw him at the NFL Talent Summit uh, being upstaged, um, you could say, by Gerald McCoy. But seemed like a very nice man and uh, – uh, well put together, <laughs> well spoken. I could see him having a career in media. Maybe we'll cross paths. Maybe in this building. He's, I think that's what he was going for by yeah. being at that summit. Right. So you know what? I kind of conflated uh, memories, and for some reason, I thought he was like a fifth wheel on the Jenny Garth uh, and Tory Spelling <laughs> discussion, but he wasn't. Was he? he was somehow no, he no, was he separate was, than that. Yes, on, okay. at the summit last month in Santa Monica, he was on the hey players, let's get real. Uh, uh, Dais. Him and Gerald McCoy, and they were essentially telling uh, players us in the media. what it was like yeah. to be a player and deal with well, the Well, maybe media. he didn't yes. like it because he's been showing up at commander's practices, and they say in an unofficial capacity, uh, he's kind of checking out whether he wants to become a coach potentially, but hmm. they, he's not ready to say uh, whether he's wonder where he comes Nin- down on 95 the— 95 uh, and a half sacks, but I mean, that's quite a great career. Great career. That's not I looked him up. Consistently as, productive. As on he front. was on the stage, I looked him up. I said, wow, that's a nice career for the former four, four, 16th overall Four pick. Pro Bowls. I've seen people try to make Hall of Fame cases around pass rushers with similar-ish profile. I don't think Ryan Kerrigan will get any Hall of Fame pop, and I wouldn't personally put him in that category. But like 95 sacks, four Pro Bowls, like sometimes those guys, yeah, they get thrown in the mix. Uh, you wonder, Mark, given his ties to – the commanders, what he feels about a certain five-sided government building in D.C. A lot of commanders in Washington, D.C., in the Pentagon. I don't, I, I would imagine. with your beliefs. I, I think it's fair to have a suspicion about what goes on in the Pentagon. It's one of my favorite training camp battles this year. Sessler v. Pentagon. <laughs> it's like, who comes out of time? Why is that such, a, over, such a bizarre interest to... in, in, in the whole thing, too? All right, that's fair enough. Let's take a break, and we'll be right back with Whispers. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. 
Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, yeah, because you got to think, he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on top of that. that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. (laughs) I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it? Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, here we go. Now, we were given Greg a hard out, uh, 33 minutes for Mark, so we need to finish this show in that window. I, I, I don't treat his hard out as my hard out. Like, if that's how the show <laughs> flows, great, and Mark can make the decision right. whether to leave or not at that moment. Um, I you found guys can the, talk until sunset if I you found want. I'm the, leaving at 1 o'clock. I found in the, the past, end. sometimes he'll say a hard out, but – um, the follow, like he'll still just. Well, know, it's stay. been a big, a big time week uh, <laughs> on the podcast, and you were given, you were giving it to me a little bit early in the week about hands this time, and then sometimes fun. I that show up so a couple fun. minutes late. What about the other side, Mark, with the hard out, yeah, stuff? That's like it. that's that's a different type of thing. What I le- yesterday <laughs> specified that I would like to begin at 11 a.m. Absolutely, but you're a big hard out guy. And then we did not start until like 12.10. Especially like, as your career becomes more and more established, I feel like you're getting more and more vociferous with the hard outs. <laughs> as the season goes on, often, often the hard outs become harder, I feel like. I do um, – I do. <laughs> this is fiction. I do know – like lately, like, look – Add that to the AI draw. <laughs> like we – you know, we're – we're we're big business now. We we signed these deals. We got a lot going on. We're trying to plan out the season. Sometimes like we got to have these meetings after the show. And I have learned it's sometimes perilous to try to have an after show meeting with Mark and be like, okay, let's talk about that thing. It's like, oh wait, where's Mark? Where where'd he go? Cartoon. Ding. Listen, Smoke. This is that the listener has Dust. no concept of how f- fictional this all is. This, this is just like a accurate. little fictional. I would say it's a, just a little. <laughs> it's a lot. Where's Mark? All right. We love you, buddy. I love the both of you. You know it's love. You know it's love. We don't want you. It is love. We know our time is finite with you, and we like to draw it out as much as we can. Because we know once you're gone, you're (laughs) gone. (laughs) I always return. (laughs) All right. Let's go. How about some Wiaspiars? All right. Let's get into it. (laughs) Get me out of here. Let's get into it. Whispers from training camp. 
Mark, why don't you start us, buddy? I'll go to Pittsburgh. That's been the most fun one. Pittsburgh. Ooh. I think it was me who said a couple of weeks ago that I found the whole. Who said this podcast doesn't have sex appeal? Did you hear that? That was all three of us at the same time. That was nice. It was alluring. That was raw. I was mentioning that I just thought the whole Mitch Trubisky thing was a tough sell on the fan base. That why not Kenny Pickett, your draft pick, your rookie, just start him now and get him in there. But he has really, according to Mark Caboli of the Athletic, really struggled in camp. Uh, noticeably, that like this is what he wrote: the Steelers' first round pick has been erratic and inconsistent throwing the ball as he has been saddled with all the third-team reps throughout the ramp-up period. I I get that. That's a little bit of a different thing. It has some believing it will be impossible for him to grow quickly enough to be a week one starter in Cincinnati, especially if Mitch Trubisky keeps progressing and Mason Rudolph continues to shine. It's been Mason Rudolph that a lot of players have (laughs) gone out of their way to totally praise, and he was completely an afterthought in this race. So at this point, my stance on Kenny Pickett um, is changing. I realize it's camp practices and stuff, but... In another universe, he's shining from the neck up. He's in total command of it. His throws look perfect, and that's not the case at it's this a good, point. It's a good nug. It's a good way to start. I also caution to get too caught up. Uh, we just turned the calendar over to August. He's figuring out how to play at this level. I know he knows where all the bathrooms are in the facility, but otherwise <laughs> um, he is a rookie, and he's probably swimming a little bit. Let's see what he's like in three weeks. Let's see when the preseason comes around. But it does. it's starting to trend that direction with Trubisky, which I will raise my hand and say I didn't think this is how it was going to play out, and maybe it is. Pickett's going to have a chance to play a lot in the preseason, but going back to OTAs and minicamps, this has been the consistent drumbeat, that just he is a step behind, and the Rudolph appreciation has been there as well. And he's been, yeah. he's been there the longest. I, I don't think Mason Rudolph has virtually any chance to start week one, but I would absolutely take the over on one and a half Mason Rudolph starts for this season. And I, and I just have think it's worth pointing out Mason Rudolph start last year against the Browns was a, was a totally respectable, normal, like good backup ish start. That's all I'm saying. Like he, he was okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess for me, I, I'm not caught up like, you guys aren't caught up in the idea of Trubisky exploding and finding uh, his first round status in terms of ability, but Mason Rudolph is below that line. Even like I'd rather see Trubisky in a new offense with a, a shot to lead a team in Week One than Mason Rudolph, who I think we know who he is. <laughs> it's kind of similar. To I your can friends already in hear Seattle. people coming at me being like, "He literally averaged four point seven yards per attempt last year." But it, that you got to watch that horrible Lions game. It was in crazy weather, and he just he when just you go look there. at Pro Football Reference after this season, and you go to the Steelers. 2022 page, it's going to have three different starting quarterbacks who have started multiple games. I, I agree. What, before just moving off Pittsburgh, just because I find them really interesting, there's been a lot of uh, hype about Calvin Austin um, and their other rookie, George Pickens, who was George Pickens was my favorite uh, receiver, maybe on tape in this entire class. And they're two people that Caboli and other writers are saying have not taken long to adapt and I think could have a pretty big role this season. Austin is more of, you know, the slot guy who catches 30, 40 balls, but Pickens is a really interesting rookie receiver to watch. All right, Greg, how about you? Give us a whisper. All right. 
I want to start. I'm, well, I have so many. You know, you, you were like, what are we going to get in? What are we not going to get in? I want to go positive. Let's go Travis Etienne hype just oh, because Etienne, emphasis on the E. We didn't get to see him last year. Uh, was it an Achilles or a Liz Frank? Uh, great question. I think it was a it was a foot injury last year for Etienne. Digger. John Shipley, who's really good covering this team for uh, SI.com Jaguar Report, has said he he thinks he's the standout from day one. I've been re- these are great daily reports that he's given. I like the teams that have a reliable daily guy. And ETN, to his mind, looks like maybe the most explosive best player on that offense so far. That maybe the receivers haven't stepped up quite as much. Uh, Trevor Lawrence looks like he's definitely taking a step forward. But ETN's the guy that we really haven't seen as a pro that I'm excited to see. Not in the Hall of Fame game. The Jaguars are playing Thursday night. They're not going to put him out there for that. I would expect he'd get some preseason snaps. We won't see him early, but he he could absolutely have a monster role for them. There are whispers that he'll be used in an Alvin Kamara type way, um, a Debo type way potentially, and I think it's he's got a much better offensive coaching staff this time around than last year. Mm. Oh, I could. I the, who was the Jughead, the coach last year? Urban, Urban Meyer. Meyer. Urban Meyer. I could totally see him making some comment in the media like I didn't have a chance to uh you know coach Travis Etienne when he's blown up in October. Uh I think that I think you had enough, you had enough chances Urban Meyer yeah, to do exactly. all sorts of things. I think uh that's a great call and like we just talked about recently uh one of the great Chris Wessling um statements that he made was watch out for guys that pop in the summer and in training camp and in preseason at running back because that's usually a sign uh, that these guys are ready to do damage. So maybe after a wipeout rookie season. What was it? What was it? Uh, it was the harlot, Liz Frank. <sighs> and, like, I'm not saying we're we're all bad. Scorpion woman. Like, the, the, the writers aren't bad at being scouts. I'm not just saying that. Like, maybe we are. But it does feel like running back is an easier one where it's like you you know it when you see it. You well, can you can see, see their conditioning. <clears throat> you can see their the lateral right explosion. Right. And you can see how they're they're moving. Tyson Campbell, their second – your cornerback getting a lot of hype there too, and he finished last year really strong. So that draft, that draft class that Urban had, yeah, might end up working, working out for for Peterson. What he'll, a legacy! He'll let everyone know exactly. All right, well, let's let's stay optimistic. I like that. How about some Zeman optimism? <laughs> who's the who's the longtime Don Pardo of Saturday Night Live? Steven Seagal. <laughs> um, Peter King, the great Peter King of NBC Sports. Uh, he had two dispatches. Well, many, but among them that Wandell Robinson, um, their second round pick out of Kentucky, has been, quote, the star of the Giants offense throughout training camp. They love uh, the way he's looked and how ex- explosive he's been and how he's been. they've been using him all over the field and how that could – um, that could absolutely open up a Giants offense under Brian Dable that could use a little juice. He also, King, reported that Saquon Barkley, take this with a grain of salt if you wish, but I'm just letting you know that Saquon Barkley, quote, looks very good early in camp. Health-wise has answered every bell uh, and has had a solid offseason. And you, you wonder if with a better offensive line and a better coaching staff, uh, whether Barkley can, I don't know if he ever gets back to that guy flesh out of Penn State, but can be a, a true RB1. And the most important part of all this, Daniel Jones, I'll report, I can, I will not report, but I will tell you the reporting out of Giants camp just today, this morning. Uh, this from Jordan, I always get this one, Renan, Ronan, 
Ronan. Here's the quote. Daniel Jones absolutely tearing it up today at Giants camp. <laughs> Connor Hughes, who recently moved from the Jets beat to a hybrid New York beat, um, also reported, I had Daniel Jones 14 of 16 today with three through two touchdown passes and a pick. And uh, I don't know what else to tell you other than watch out a little bit, just a little bit. Keep your eye on the Giants in the NFC East. I know the, the Eagles are hype bunnies, and I know the Cowboys are their defending champions. But with better coaching. That's a big step from, like, just watch out for them it. as a fun team and watch out for them winning they the division. They will be more. I want to add a but little maybe nugget. maybe a fun team in the NFC East is a team that could okay. be in the uh, right. if, race in December. I want to add a little nugget to that because if you look at what happened to Kadarius Toney this offseason, and there's pl- moments from last year where it was like, I, I have a good feeling this guy is going to make a big difference if he sticks with the Giants. They were going to trade him. They decided not to do that. When they drafted Wandale Robinson, they have a very similar skill set. Instead of you know that washing away Tony's role, like he's completely healed his relationship with Brian Dable. They're now like playing Kadarius Tony's a rapper, like they're playing his songs during warmups and stuff. <laughs> oh, I like and that. And Kadarius Tony, because he was a bit of a head case last year. You think Joe Judge was doing that? I don't think so. I will no, exactly. He said he said that uh, that that, that appreciate he appreciated that from the coach because it showed a willingness to build a relationship with me. And Dayball's turned around and said, I think he's a very loyal, loyal guy, loyal guy about Tony. That um he's been a tremendous skill set. They are using Wandale Robinson and Tony. They start practice with them taking handoffs with the running backs. They're using them out of the backfield of a ton, and they're going to both be on the field at the same time. And I'm with you. I think the Giants are slightly spicy. There's a backfire potential, though, when you play one of the guys on the team's rap. Like, you know, some of these guys, that all professional athletes or a lot, tend to want to be rappers and all rappers want to be professional athletes. That's been going on forever. But you wonder if, uh, if it's bad, if it's bad. And then Leonard Williams doesn't know it's Wandell. And he's like, right. wow, Clowns this is terrible. Him. I think Tony is making it very clear that it's his. Yeah, Let's songs. make it clear. Yeah. Hey guys, this is the Kentucky kids like fledgling rap career. No, it's Tony's. It's Tony's, but oh, yes, it's Tony's. Oh, it's yeah. Kadarius. To your point, okay. like, we were thinking some maybe thinking it's Wandell. Like, yeah, Robinson, let's just make it's sure it's very clear. Dable Dable's yeah. also mentioned that um you know he's been honest he's like I like some of his songs better than others. <laughs> like he's the, a top the, ten football insider. <laughs> the Wandale pick was not popular, but if you were gonna pick a coach that would know how to use uh, a guy at his size, Wandale Robinson, well, I, I think it would be Brian Dable, and maybe it's just like an Isaiah McKenzie in Buffalo role for him. To me, they're not that similar. I mean, Tony's at least fifteen pounds bigger. Um, can win on the outside a little more, uh, is one of my favorite making the leap candidates. And, uh, yeah, they have that opening game in Tennessee. All right. And then you get the Panthers week two before a Monday nighter against the, the Cowboys, or maybe it's a Sunday night. It's a prime. Okay. Show me something, Giants early. Be that team that Dan was talking about yeah, that about, gets out fast and gets everyone too excited. I, I would like that. How about too. it's mid-December and the, the Eagles and Cowboys are 8-6, and six, battling it out for the – NFC's title, but they're the Giants, quietly 7-7, seven and seven, right behind them. But if I had to pick a new team, the Giants might be it because that's the team well, that's, that we grew up watching. And, yeah, that's your neck of the woods. Really, in Connecticut, when, when we were there, and I grew up only 15 minutes from Connecticut, you were a different part. But the part of Connecticut you were was, I would guess, Giants were the most oh, yeah, we, popular we would team. Never, we'd never get the Patriots. Right? You'd get the yeah. Jets Full and circle. Giants. Yep. Full circle. But there's no Lawrence Taylor and Bill <laughs> Sims and Joe Morris. And Leonard Marshall there anymore, but 
Maybe these this new crop of players will all gel this year. I mean, Joe Morris is like 52 years old at this point. So, right. right. Joe Morris ain't walking through those doors. How about another whisper? All right. How about we go to uh, – you <laughs> want me to do one? Yeah, then we all went, right? I think that uh, I'll go to San Francisco. <laughs> There was uh, Trey Lance is is has has had a slow start according uh, to reports. I have up Trey Lance down, fatigue by the way. Up and down, up and not down. no, not it's not the same Everybody thing. Else as, have Lance fatigue. No, it's August second, bro. <laughs> I don't. I think this is, this is interesting, but it, this has actually it's a good thing about the Niners because the reason this is happening, they talked about the fact that he was on I the field know. with Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Elijah Mitchell, Trent Williams, Mike McGlinchey. They're all out there and they were struggling, and it wasn't just because it's Trey Lance. It's because their defense has been on fire during training camp. And NFL Network was there today, and they said the same thing, that they mm. view themselves as, we're good with the Trey Lance thing, but what we really see ourselves is a team that centers around defense this season. They're a top-five unit, and they have been dominating camp early, hey, which defense, happens. That happens Defense is ahead of the offense That's right now. That's always in the case. General, right now. Yes, but I think that sort of raises my biggest concern about the 49ers, which is their offensive line. And right now, Trent Williams is coming off of an injury, uh, but they're – Potentially, you know, starting Jake Brendel at center. They have a rookie, uh, Buford, that they've been giving looks with the first team at guard. Aaron Banks is another guy there. Brunskill, like, on paper, it could be problematic. And then you have to go up against one of the best defensive lines in the league every day in practice. It's not too surprising to me that they're getting worked, even though the 49ers are short a couple linemen now. They lost Maurice Hurst, who had a good chance, was going to make their team for the entire season, and their their best defensive uh, tackle, Eric Armstead's out a couple weeks. But uh, that that always like gets you worried, like when one side of the ball for your team is just dominating the other. Like, do you want to spin positive, or is it because their offensive line stinks? Yeah, it's uh, positive and negative. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it was Sauce Gardner or maybe it was DJ Moore had a pick six of Zach Wilson. And I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. it's tough. Uh, <laughs> okay, people giving Ayuk a lot of love though. I'm definitely feeling like the the Ayuk bounce back hype year because his numbers actually in the last eight games of the year he had more receiving yards than Debo Samuel. He was a top 15 in the NFL receiver in the last eight games of the year. That could be a nasty. He escaped the Shanahan doghouse right, during last season. Right, then a nasty one-two punch because he, to me, is like a, a special guy after the catch. I meant DJ Reed, not DJ Moore. Oh. Greg. DJ Reed. I thought that was a nice little signing. Whisper. It's a good roster. All right, I went positive initially. We got we got to mention um, our friend Carson Wentz over there in Washington because I – I think he's like he's got the right idea that he's trying to uh, maybe um, uh, trying to take. As command. we all know, decided to really go ahead and uh, start to take command. The best part of that is that you, because the way we need to set that up, that also gives our producer plenty of time to <laughs> dig up the drop. So it's. I just I, I read their perfect. their daily practice report every day, and like early in camp, the one thing you don't see across the league is just like. Well, he missed a lot of receivers before there was tackling, before there was pads. And Washington's now added the pads to the mix. But essentially every day they're just talking about that Carson Wentz is not accurate, that he misses a, a ton of throws against air, which has been his problem to begin with. And if you're not getting that first training camp with the team sort of preseason hype, it, it, I'm not going to overreact. Obviously what Wentz has done on the field in regular season play is more important uh, but he just doesn't shoot straight. And, like, if that's happening when you're going against air, it's definitely going to happen when you're under pressure. 
Yeah, there was also uh, around the Washington, the erstwhile Washington football team. Well, I guess they still are the Washington football team. Um, Curtis Samuel, um, there is, quote, some concern from Ron Rivera uh, about his conditioning, and he's also been dealing with some hamstring and lower back tightness. This comes after the groin injury ruined his first season with Washington. It also kind of reminds you, so that's not ruling out Curtis Samuel as being a big-time player for them, but remember the hype around Curtis Samuel going into free agency last year. They they need him mm-hmm. to help make Carson Wentz better because Carson Wentz, we know what we have here. He's yeah. a little scattershot. He can get hot, but he goes through cold streaks. His leadership is can be questioned fairly. He is who he is. I mean, Samuel, $34.5 million contract, played 84 offensive snaps, and now there's some concern over his conditioning. I don't like that at all. Got paid, though. Whiz. Uh, Greg, I was just pulling up your roster projected what, uh, roster reset. Did it used to be called roster reset, and then it became projected starters? No, those are two separate different uh, franchises. Franchises mm. active, both active. Projected still? starters very active. Yes. I believe roster reset is still done by the uh, the news desk. I was looking at the Colts' um, depth chart and what their uh, starters look like because there's been so much. Optimism around Matt Ryan and what he brings to that offense as Carson Wentz's replacement. That's just an accidental great transition. Not taking credit for it. Uh, and Take we, credit. And we, it's a Dan Hansis shout out. Paul Rudd says it's cool. Uh, we love Jonathan Taylor. We love Michael Pittman's ability. Um, Paris Campbell's a big part of this, though. They kind of need another guy to step up unless you're a huge Mo Alley Cox fan. Um, and according to Colts.com's J.J. Stankovitz, yes, there was a Yank uh, a, Stank. There was an all glove, no feel, no bat uh, shortstop during the dark Yankee days of the early '90s named Andy Stankovitz. I remember that who guy. was a fan favorite. Could not play, but a memorable <laughs> name. J.J. Stankovitz reports that Paris Campbell and Matt Ryan have shown a strong connection during the, during the early days of Colts training camp. We shall see if that carries over. That would be my one question about this whole Matt Ryan renaissance that people well, in the Midwest, obviously, especially are getting pumped up about. Does he have enough around him to be a difference maker as a passer of the football? We know he'll be able to hand it off to the great running back. Paris Campbell, a big piece of this. Bob Kravitz of The Athletic added to the Matt Ryan hype and the Paris Campbell hype, saying that basically Campbell is impressed nonstop. He looks as quick as explo- and explosive as he did before all the health issues, so that's stay positive. Healthy. With Matt Ryan, they said that the offense has been moving at warp speed, and I, th- I took this from Frank Reich as a slapdown of Carson Wentz to some degree. He said we had the same number of plays we had in, <clears throat> in the past, but we actually finished 10 minutes earlier both days, Wednesday and Thursday, and that's because of the quarterback. That's because the quarterback is pushing the tempo. Right. Ma- Mark loves Matt Ryan. Like they're they're two birds of a of a feather. You know? Do like, I? I don't, I'm just saying. Like I'm just you, saying that it's been nonstop verbal I'm hype. He's about like Matt Ryan. got a hard out. He is the quarterback. Right. Mark would want. Oh, I thought you meant because they're both intense whites. Well, they are. You're saying they that the, the quick tempo nature. I'm, I'm saying like Mar- Matt Ryan gets everyone done with work faster. Like that's I, your kind you, of do guy. Do you not take that a little bit as like the last guy, Carson Wentz? Not only physically did he have issues. Oh but no, like you're right. Neck up. We no, had you, you, you got it nailed. I think they are absolutely thrilled. They've soured on Carson Wentz to the point where 
by the same day of the final game of the season, they were like, we are done with this dude. The owner literally summoned everyone back to the team facility that night Mm -hmm. after a road game in Florida and said, hey, we're firing the quarterback and you're next if this doesn't get better. So, yeah, I think they were ready for the fresh start. <laughs> Paris Campbell loved reminds reminds me of Wes. Uh, Wes loved Paris Campbell that first year. And that's the thing is this is sort this is Paris Campbell season. And I, I've, I've heard a, an interview with him or I read an interview with him. And you just hope for the best for a guy like that because you know the mental struggles that a player goes through when he's injured and out the whole season. This has happened three straight years for him where he's sort of usually he flashes in August and you mm. you're just like crossing your fingers that it can Don't continue. put that juju on him, dude. What do you mean? I'm trying to put the opposite you put it on juju. Him, but you you put it in the air. It's the context of of everything about him and he knows it and he's like he's talking about you got to he was saying how you really appreciate the days you're out there now because of everything he's been through. Uh, but, yeah, it would be an amazing story, and they could use him to be a big-time threat. All right. I ended on a positive. That was good. <laughs> I also like number one wide receivers. Just looks good. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm looking at his game log last year. I think he only has 300 career yards because he just hasn't been able to play. Yeah. I think he's played two or three games every year, one or two. He had a he had a one catch for 51 yards and a touchdown in week six last year and then disappeared. Remember that play, yeah. Got, must have got hurt that game. That was anyway. a bomb, bomb from Wentz. Wentz had some, uh, yeah. had some nice throws. All right, want to go one more time around? Ooh, that's sure. it. Sure. Right. Uh, I, I like when What do you just, mean that's it? We got nine minutes okay, until the deadline. Uh, when play, out, I'll baby. just be quick about the uh, with one, and maybe we can get around more. I like when players pop up you've literally never heard of before, and Lamar Jackson's been talking up Isaiah Likely, their rookie tight end, calling him Little Mark. He more said, like unlikely. He said that in an difference. interview with our guy Claybon on NFL Network. Nice nice get for Claybon there. Uh, nice. And so that's a rookie tight end. They're going to be playing a lot more two tight end sets. Calling him Little Mark for Mark Andrews is high praise. So that's like something – Someone I'm watching in the preseason, Isaiah Likely. All Never right. heard of him practically before. Good what one. do you got, Mark? Uh, Zion Johnson, Chargers camp, their first round guard, who is a big part of that line. He's next to Storm Johnson, who uh, has been problematic. Corey Lindsley basically said that he's lived up to the bill right right now. It's the first day in pads, but everything we thought he is, he is. He's been a really good player. The writers, Daniel Popper of The Athletic, has been raving about him, too. That It's kind of the way that you felt when you watched Rashawn Slater's first reps, that you just mm, knew he was that guy. So if this checks out and it sounds good, that's big for Justin Herbert, big for that offense. All sorts of adoration um, around Allen Robinson at Rams camp. And the more I think about it, with Cooper Cup there, with maybe Odell Beckham, but, but with Cooper Cup there. And Higby's there still. Coming off. Um, the Triple Crown season cup. Allen Robinson just signed a new deal, healthy, motivated to show he's still a dude. Doesn't it feel possible that Allen Robinson, this is more a prediction than anything, is going to be a dog this year in that offense with that quarterback? Totally yes. agree. He, he might he, he might met- be your value guy. Well, we got our hand up. What do you got, Grave Digger? I was at Rams. Grave Digger. Yes. Yeah, do you want me to for you do there. that? Or? Yeah, you know that. You by now. Grave Digger. I'm going to have a tape. It's a little yeah. tardy, actually. Yeah. We were out at Rams training camp yesterday for Benched with Bonetta podcast. Right. And Allen Robinson showed out. I mean, mm. he had three or four catches that had the crowd 
going crazy. Mm. I feel like Good. a big season is in store for this. Game. How about this? Why don't we head to Rams camp in a couple of days and see for ourselves? That's around great, the NFL that's a, podcast. That's a good concept. That's a really good idea. I would love right, it let's for go. Robinson. Friday. An underrated player throughout his career coming off a bad year. Can we Maybe get Allen Robinson on the show? I will request it. Let's talk to Allen Robinson about his incoming monster all-pro season. Mm. Did that, you steal guests away from us? I, I don't think it necessarily works like that, but... Well, it's worked that way in the past. Possibly. I will say possibly. Yikes. Also, if you're watching this on Sounds YouTube... Sounds like something to talk about Why after is Sean Kelly, every time I look at him, he's closer and closer to you? <laughs> he's, he's waiting you're, you're for the camera. You're actually cam. shoulder to shoulder. Is it just so he can be on camera again? He loves the camera. <laughs> There's Chris Stapleton, Christy Stapleton wearing a around the NFL T-shirt, repping the brand. Get those in, uh, you know, on our. St- oh wait, you can't get them, even no. though we could probably. <laughs> well, at sell no point will this company ever say <laughs> maybe we NFL. can leverage uh, our that incredibly no. loyal listenership no. into some merch. Uh, no, would want that? zero licensing rights for Who us. Would want that. Uh, <laughs> Anyway. Oh, wait, you're up. No, I just did. Allen Robinson's going to be a right. stud, and we're going to see him at Rams camp. One more quick one. Here we go. I ooh, It's not your turn. Just one. Mark. I'm going no, more No, you're one. right. No, it's Mark. DeAndre Mark's Swift. Turn. Every time I read about him, people are glowing. The report says he operates at a different speed from anyone else around him. And during camp this week, he pulled away from the, from the defense on a few big runs Saturday. Jamal Williams as well. They want to run the ball. they got a great offensive line. I think it's a big year for DeAndre Swift. I like that. We've we've segged into predictions. I like it. Whisper. You got a prediction? <laughs> no, I'm gonna give a rapid fire whispers. Uh, so far, Ikam Ikanwu uh, is about that second team life mm-hmm. in Carolina. Just mm-hmm. something to keep an eye on. Okay. We always just pencil in these top ten picks like always. they're gonna be game changers right away. And always. it makes sense. He's behind Brady Christensen. You you bring a guy along slowly, but he might be a little. Where raw. did you have him on the projected starter series? Uh, as a starter, Ooh, certainly. So yikes. you got a lot of time, but something to watch. It's Romeo close. Romeo Dubs getting it done in Packerland. If you're going to be a rookie receiver with Aaron Rodgers, what a name, Romeo Dubs. Maybe he's ahead of Christian Watson early. And then I'm buying a little uh, Dolphins offensive line hype. Austin Jackson is suddenly in super good uh, condition, which has not always been the case. And then Connor Williams, they've, they're playing at center, which is surprising. And I just think that's sort of the one thing on their team that can really improve the most. And on paper, I think Mike McDaniel can get it done. Mm. Good. That's ones. more of a prediction. But there was some news in there. Connor Williams from the Cowboys at center is quite a surprise. Uh, this shows you how fast things go in the NFL. The 21st overall pick of the 2020 draft is Jalen Rager. Nick Sirianni, the Eagles coach, said he's battling for a roster spot in camp. What happens with some of these guys, the wide receivers that are taken high? If they don't pop, if they don't flash, if they don't have a role, and they don't play special teams, all of a sudden it's like, uh-oh, what are and we going to do tra- with you? And you trade for A.J. Brown, absolutely. Right. Like, the, uh, what are we going to do with The Eagles with you? did what the Cowboys did not do this offseason at wide receiver. Ian reported, our, our, our guy Rapsy reported, that second-round pick, Tevin Jenkins, another guy everyone was just like, slot him right in. He's going to be their left tackle and prove them right away. Uh, Second-round pick from last year, Dan, is mm-hmm. on the trade block, and I I would guess they're going to give him up for almost nothing. They're basically giving up on him after only one uh, season with the team. And finally, I feel like this is a good way to close from our one of our friends at The Athletic, Michael Sean Dugar. Oh, yeah. That's MSD. Great reporter. Whiz. And now, another edition of 
Sipping on vino, checking on Gino. Listen, man, Gino Smith, this is going to happen. This is happening. Unless a Jimmy G parachutes in and somehow is ready to roll, Gino Smith is going to win this job, it looks like. He's running with the first-team offense, and hmm. uh, Michael Sean Dugar, as I said, uh, said that Drew Locke exclusively pretty much. Locke has been a second-team guy, and Pete Carroll had – Pete Carroll, by the way, has COVID right now, as does Kyler Murray, just FYI. And they're, uh, Yeah, they're, out, they're both out. For both out right now. Had this to say uh, presumably before he went into COVID hiding. Gino's in the lead right now, and he's ahead. And so uh, he, he's going to – he ain't looking back, and he's going for it. Man. And Drew's not going to take a back seat, so it's something's going to happen, you know, and, and, and Jake will be there if we need him. So it's going to be exciting to see. I mean, they also mentioned that they've both been very <laughs> up and down. I've been tracking this daily, and it sounds like the offense hasn't gotten a lot done, uh, no matter who's uh, behind center. That Gino like cooks up the second team when he gets the chance, which that's good. But otherwise, can I hear that again? There's just something inherently humorous to me about the entire quote. Gino's in the lead right now, and he's ahead, and so uh, he, he's gonna—he ain't looking back, and he's going for it. Man. <laughs> ain't looking know. back. You don't have a quarterback. Good luck. <laughs> well, that—that's it for that episode. And that was another edition of. Sipping on Vino, checking on Gino. All right, like we said, we have Connor Orr, better late than never. He'll be joining us tomorrow, we hope. Wednesday. Wednesday. Is the day. Wasn't his fault. He was supposed to be on today, but guess what? The NFL exploded over the last two days with big news out of uh, Cleveland. He uh, extended the story, Connor Orr, doing some good reporting. Uh, learning and through a source that Tom Brady would not be punished. He was the first one. To there you go. Report. Connor is a passionate writer. He's a great reporter, and he was busy. And, and I absolutely, he said, can we push this? I said, absolutely. So we're pushing until tomorrow. Barring some other Mondo news story that Sports Illustrated needs him for, he'll well, be no, joining he can't, us. He's not allowed to cancel two days in it a row. It would be a little weird. Yeah. But, again, <laughs> it wouldn't be his fault necessarily. I think we get how the business works, but yeah, I would sure. like to see him show up tomorrow. Team slogans, Wednesday show. And, yes, we are heading to Rams camp on Friday. Um, and, oh, it's 1 o'clock. Hard be- out. And before that, we will talk to Justin about his that little off-the-cuff comment about something about going to camp with Rachel's podcast on Monday could adversely affect this show. He seemed to not so – I don't think so. Was I that think what he was saying? I think there? it's enough. I, I don't want to put words in his mouth. Is but that what you took out of that? I'm still processing. Okay. Let's talk about that. We'll have a lot to update. This Tim Patrick news doesn't look good. Might have an update there. Well, it's, it's 1 o'clock. It's right, so maybe we should close her out. Cue the music. The man's got to go. Where? No one knows. No one asks either. <laughs> Till Wednesday, heed the call. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, 
your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. I'm late. I'm late. Three important Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. Come.